0: Have you ever imagined fashion being as diverse as human culture? Have you ever dreamed of a respectful, ethical, and socially just fashion industry? Have you ever envisioned sustainability being at the core of the entire fashion system? This is your host, Laura Beltran-Rubio. I'm a fashion curator, researcher, and educator. My mission is to translate scholarly insights into actionable strategies that we can all take to reshape how we create, wear and think about fashion so find a comfortable seat brew some tea and open your notebook as you join me in the quest for redressing fashion welcome back to redressing fashion before i start publishing new episodes i've created a collection of what i call loose thoughts that i've been writing and recording over the past couple years These short episodes contain many of my reflections as both a fashion scholar and a fashion consultant in Colombia as I try to unpack the complex legacies of colonialism in present-day fashion. Please give them a listen, visit my blog for full transcripts and some images that might be helpful, and let me know what you think. Dear fashion thinkers, Some of you might know that my home country of Colombia held presidential elections last Sunday and, as usual, this has had me thinking. I've been thinking about the collective state of panic I've seen in the country, especially among some specific social sectors, and about the many comments and predictions of everyone around me. But most importantly, I've been trying to figure out how fashion enters the whole issue. Because, as you might know, I just don't seem to be able to think without integrating fashion in one way or another. In fact, I've inquired on the relationship between fashion and politics for years. Maybe that's why I chose to register for an elective on fashion and identity during the old regime and the French Revolution back when I was a first year MA student. During that course, I had the chance to research the representations of idealized femininity in the construction of the French Republic. And I even thought about continuing with that research subject for my MA thesis and become yet another scholar of the history of French fashion. But my research for that course also made me question the relationship of fashion and politics at the other side of the Atlantic in Colombia and Latin America. In the end, I was seeing more parallels than differences in how the nations on both sides of the Atlantic were being constituted at least discursively. In the whole MA thesis and several years of research later, I still believe that the pillars upon which both France and Colombia were constructed and pretty much every other modern Western nation for that matter are quite the same. But that's the subject for another time. Let's fast-forward a few years instead. I'm now back in Colombia, right in time for the presidential elections of 2018, and before moving back to the US to pursue my PhD. I am confronted by a polarized country where hate discourses seem to define pretty much every comment about politics, and fear rules everyone's mind. For the more privileged, Advocating for the benefit of everyone seems impossible, as it requires rejecting the comfort that our privileges have afforded us in quite a lot of work. But others, especially those who are already exhausted from not being able to even achieve the most basic conditions of human existence, were screaming for real structural change. This scream was finally heard four years later, when, last Sunday, a left-wing government won the elections led by Gustavo Petro as president and Francia Márquez as vice-president. The political polarization of the country during both electoral cycles was reflected somehow in the social media discourses of the different members of the fashion industry. It seems impossible for them to stay silent about political issues, including the elections, the armed conflict, and even the social reality of the country. But at the same time, their postures seem tamed, nostalgic, and romanticized, almost completely opposite to the violent and difficult reality of so many citizens. It's almost as if the fashion industry were trying to avoid any direct association with politics even when reacting or reflecting about the political issues faced by the country. And I have a sense that this is because many still think that fashion is not meant for serious topics since it's just a pretty form of escapism. Back in 2019, I published some of my observations about this in fashion theory. I analyzed how some brands and members of the Colombian fashion system engaged with politics and other social issues during the 2018 presidential elections. I haven't been following the subject as closely this year, and my academic production at the moment is confined to my PhD dissertation, so I don't think I'll publish a sequel, so to speak, of my original essay. But I'd still like to say a few things. I must make a disclaimer, however that I'm not going to tell anyone to leave the country if they don't like the elected president or defend any of the candidates at this time. What I will say is that while we keep repeating how hurt we are about our quote-unquote awful or ignorant nation, as I've seen so many do on social media, without actually finding our own ways to personally execute change, there won't be any real transformation. And if we just celebrate the triumph of the left without taking into advantage the opportunity that we now face of dismantling the structural problems of the country, we probably also won't see any real change. So rather than celebrating or mourning our country, my call today is to think about how each of us can create a new collective social contract that can help us build a better country from our own experiences and possibilities. And here, I must say that the terms of that better must be defined according to what works here and not after Euro-North American impositions that have made us believe that we are condemned to eternal underdevelopment. Better is a quite generic adjective and it is subjective as it has different meanings for different people so how could we agree on what's quote-unquote better for all thinking in terms of fashion as always i came up with a list of ideas first eliminating violent practices in the production of fashion including low paid work and cultural appropriation second questioning and hopefully one day eradicating stereotypes associated with how people dress and how they look and even the fact that real fashion and elegance are more often associated with your north american models than with any other culture in the world third Avoiding the simple copying of formulae that have worked for some Latinx and Latin American designers, mostly based on simplistic and limited ideas of a quote-unquote tropical, exotic, and unexplored land. And finally, replacing the first three for a profound search of real authenticity, based on thorough research and the realization that fashion, in fact, is a substantial cultural phenomenon worthy of critical study. The question that remains is how to come up with tangible and measurable actions to effect these changes. What do you think we could do? As always, I look forward to reading your own ideas in the comments. Original podcast episodes will air starting on January 11th, 2024, so I hope I can entertain you with this collection of loose thoughts until then. And in case you want to subscribe to my email list to be notified when the first official episode goes live, I've left the link to join in the podcast notes for this episode. Thank you, thank you for tuning in. You know that I love a good conversation about fashion, so please don't hesitate to email me or message me on social media to continue discussing any of the ideas introduced in this episode. If you liked what you heard, please follow the podcast, leave a review, or share it with your favorite fashion friends. It does make a huge difference as we try collectively to build more spaces for thoughtful and nuanced conversations that can truly help us redress fashion.